Welcome back to the Care to Change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. This is another in our Back to School series, and we're grateful you've chosen to join us. Today, you'll be listening to a conversation with our director, April Bordeaux, and one of Care to Change's own, Brittany Gibson, to discuss anxiety about school. Brittany is a licensed clinical social worker who specializes in EMDR, trauma, grief and loss, and addiction. As always, we hope to continue to foster practical solutions for positive change. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Care to Change podcast. We are so glad you're with us today. My name's April Bordeaux, and today's topic is an important one. It's uh, what can I do to help my child go back to school? So we've got with us today... Brittany Gibson, our one of our therapists and our clinical manager here. She oversees a therapist at Care to Change. So, Brittany, thanks for joining us today. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Thank you for having me. This is a big topic. Before we jump into this big topic, um, tell the listeners if uh, they want to reach out to you, what are some things that you would be able to help them with? So I work a lot with um, anxiety and depression. I work a lot with um, women and moms and women's issues. Um, I do a lot with substance use, mood instability, as well as grief and loss. Okay. All right. So there you have it. So if that's one of your struggles, you already know a place that you can call. But today today is about kids going back to school. And this is really a series that we have. And so... Um, there are other uh, other podcasts on this series that we're doing um, about kids returning to school. And wow, we have got a lot going on mm-hmm. with our kids returning to school. It looks different now than it's ever looked before. And um, we have parents all over the place and kids all over the place. And where do we even start? So um, I'm a mom mm-hmm. and you're a mom. And yes. so these are two moms. We're not... We're not, you know, for those of you listening, we're not public speakers, we're not bloggers, (laughs) we're not even YouTubers. We're moms who are therapists, and so we live this Mm -hmm. life of having to transition our kids back to school as well. So um, this is something that we've experienced as well in a whole nother light. So we want to bring you this topic to make life easier easier, right? Is it even possible to make life easier as a parent? I don't know, but we're going to, we're going to talk about some things that we can do. Mm -hmm. So talk to us, give us, you know, what are some things because kids are going through all kinds of everything right now, going back to school. And, um, every year there's a transition, whether you're going from high school, you know, middle school to high school Mm -hmm. or grade school to middle school or switching schools or switching teachers. Absolutely. From a child's perspective, let's just start with saying, explain to moms and dads, what is a child going through? Because I think we want to get busy and just like shoo them on and they're going to be great, right? So and they'll be fine. Right? They'll be great. They're resilient. They're going to do this. Let's pause for a second and just say, what's happening in the mind of a child? So I think a child particularly one that's going back to school, what, no matter what grade, they're going through a lot of different emotions. And I think sometimes they may not be aware of all the different emotions that they could be going through. They could be having fear, anxiety, they could be excited. You know, they're going to ask themselves a lot of questions like, are people going to like me? Am I going to like the, the teacher? You know, all of those different things. And, um, you know, a lot of times kids could be expressing those in lots of different ways too. So we think they are just, they're going to be fine. We're going to send them off. They're going to do great. 
And then you're like, well, wait a second, maybe they're not transitioning as well as I thought they were. You could be seeing just behavior issues or, or lack of sleep, different things like that, that could um, just be little indicators to let mm. us know that maybe they're not transitioning well to those schools. So indicators, you said there's behavioral indicators. Kids are known for their behaviors, I feel like. So, you know, a lot of times kids express their emotions through behaviors. Um, and I think that that is kids, what kids way of telling us, Hey, I'm feeling this and this is how I'm behaving. They just, they just can't name those. That's what they need parents to help name those things for us. So, you know, they could be acting out, they could be yelling or screaming or doing behaviors that are just not like them. And that's their way of saying, I'm hurting or I'm feeling these emotions and this is how I'm going to express that. And I don't even know what that emotion is. I just know I'm feeling something, right? Right. Absolutely. I know I hear Mike um, Spencer, one of our therapists here, he has said, you know, as a culture, we're, um, we're generally speaking, we're an emotional, illiterate, you know, we're emotionally illiterate. And so, you know, we're therapists here. So we talk about feelings all the time. But for the most part, generally speaking, people are in their homes, naming their feelings, right? They're just going through life, but we're experiencing them, whether we pause to name them or not. And then we have these kids who behave in a way that represents how they feel. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we just see the behavior. Absolutely. So we want to dive in and address the behavior Mm -hmm. rather than say, wait, there's something going on underneath that behavior. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, um, you recognize some of these things that you've said behaviorally, Mm -hmm. they're just not acting right. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some things a parent can do? What what's, if I see my child acting out in one way or another, whether it's they're talking nonstop, something that they're, that's different, or mm-hmm. they're having a meltdown or um, irritable or angry or talking back or some of these things that are just, you know, really get, get to parents. Um, that's a cue to me. Something's going on. Mm-hmm. What do I do? So one of the first things that I try with my children in particular that I think works with a lot of children is when they're in that behavior, we have to get them calmed down first. You know, a lot of times what's going to happen is they're just going to scream and yell. Um, but first we need to do is we need to get them to a calm state so that we can then process with them what's going on. So, you know, anything that you can do, give them some quiet time or say, you know, I'm going to let you have this moment. I'm going to come back in a few minutes. Um, you know, hug them, connect with them, um, give them that, you know, physical touch, that emotional reassurance. Um, some kids need that in that moment. And so, you know, identifying if that's what your child needs in the moment, um, give them that minute to kind of work through what they're going through. And then when they're calm, say, Hey, let's, let's talk about this. Tell me why you were screaming. Tell me why you were behaving this way. Um, and just having a conversation with them. Kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for, and they'll tell you, they'll indicate what's going on. Um, But in that moment, when that emotional brain has taken over, we need to get them calm, and then we can address the issue. Yeah, I've heard a a statement once, I think we put it out on social media, that's something like, um, you can't, um, you can't bring your child to safety if you are the storm or, mm-hmm. you know, we, we see our child or our children acting a certain way and it's sort of like, that's going right. And infuriates us because we didn't quite, we didn't raise them this no, way. And no. so that's we're going to react. Behave. Right. And so pausing and saying, wait, I, in order to bring this down, mm-hmm. you know, in order to get this calm, I have to be calm myself. Absolutely. I know for my husband and I, sometimes we will tag team. You know, if mm-hmm. I feel myself getting angry, you know, I look at him and he's tag. I, I, I got this one. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take this one. 
um, so that he can bring the calm if I'm feeling it or vice versa. You know, Absolutely. He's, we do you that know, as well. It's yeah. like, whew, I can't do this one. Well, that works when there's two parents working together. If it's one mm-hmm. parent, just something to remember, like you can't lead your child to the shore if you're the, if you're the one bringing the storm. And so, um, that's, that's a good thing. So recognizing it, not mm-hmm. that kids will, kids will even, I be able to identify, well, I feel nervous about right. school starting or whatever it might be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but to recognize there's a need behind the behavior. Absolutely. Um, instead of saying, why did you do that? Say, what is your need behind that? Mm-hmm. Right. So now you've identified it as a parent, you see it loud and clear. Oh, they're nervous about tomorrow mm-hmm. or, um, about the test or about their new friend group or trying out for something or whatever it is that school brings new teachers, new friends, new mm-hmm. classrooms and everything that that involves. But so I recognize the need. Maybe the child has calmed down. What next? Because we don't want it to happen again. Mm-hmm. So what do we do next? So the next thing I, I do in, and I encourage is to, again, have a conversation with your kid. So sit down and say, okay, what are you feeling? What are you noticing in your body? Um, you know, what are you thinking? What do, why do you think you behaved that way? And really get them to understand the why behind it. Help them identify the emotion. Help them um, identify how the emotion is connected to the thought or connected to the behavior. You know, and if it's a behavior you don't want, you know, identify and say, hey, that's not how we handle that emotion. This is what I would rather you do instead. You know, help them make that change, make that shift. But really talking to them, help them identify that emotion as well. A lot of times in kids, um, you know, we see that they take on the emotions of their parents too. Mm. Their parents have taught them how to handle it this way. And so then it's kind of generational. So, you know, help them to identify the emotion, how to do a behavior differently, how to use a coping skill, um, you know, how to do all those things to help them cope with it in a different way besides yelling or screaming and give them something more appropriate that you would rather have them do. You know, that's good. Um, One of the things that Dr. Karen Purvis, the late um, Dr. Purvis would say is to to practice the redo, um, Mm -hmm. to give them the tool. So you're reframing it for them, but then you're letting their brain practice. Mm -hmm. So if they know, um, if they can, if they can connect how they feel with how they behave. And I want to talk about the itty bitties because right, they don't always. So we still, we have to address those for our younger parents, um, Mm -hmm. that might be listening, but, um, you know, to take the, the child back to where the incident occurred or where the meltdown was happening or Mm -hmm. whatever that is. And to say, now let's practice the same thing Mm -hmm. and let's do this again. Let's do what's called a redo. We're going to redo this so that you can see that you can do it a, a, a way that's healthy um, as you get older. So let's talk about the itty bits for a minute. Now mm-hmm. they're not going to school, but maybe preschool, mm-hmm. kindergarten, even first grade. That's a very young age to have a, you know, you said talk to them, right? Mm-hmm. So we can talk to them, but do they really understand? So what are some other ways parents can get at that without having, you know, they're not, you know, their attention span is, is shorter. You can talk to a high schooler, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Talk, maybe talk to a middle schooler, just depending on where they are. But as they start getting younger, the talking piece, what are things that parents can do? 
So a lot of helpful things that you can do is to try to help name it for them. So putting yourself in that situation and saying, you know what? I was nervous the first day that I started school. Um, you know, I was feeling this or, or help them and, and, and let them know that you could be feeling those things or, or, or naming it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another helpful ones we might see are the little faces, you know, say, you know, putting faces up, you know, how are you feeling today? Are you smiling? Are you mm-hmm. feeling sad? feeling anxious, you know, helping them just kind of name those really basic emotions. There's a lot of wonderful um, children's books out there too. Um, There's a story that I read um, to my kids every night and it's just, you know, what am I feeling? And it's these little monsters and they're different feelings Mm -hmm. and it's kind of helps them put the, the feeling in the face to what you could be doing when you're feeling shy or when you're feeling um, blessed or grateful and kind of helps them put, marry those two things Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Um, I know we had Britt on here as well, um, talking about the same topic. And one of the things that she mentioned, uh, I want, I'm curious to see if you use this with your kids. I know when mine were younger, I did, but, um, you know, meeting them where they are in terms of how they have their outlet. Mm -hmm. So if they're creative, letting them draw, right. Mm -hmm. Or if they're active, allowing them to, um, go out and ride their bike or um, be outside, mm-hmm. you know, giving them whatever it is that matches them, you know, Play-Doh. Yeah. Some kids are more, um, you know, they calm by being introspective. So allowing them to read or just to color or to be alone for a few minutes to kind of, of do that calm. So when you're talking about the youngers that are really transitioning, because by the mm-hmm. time you get into high school, there's still transition. There really is. Absolutely. But you can't have more of those logical conversations their brains are more developed Mm -hmm. um although not fully right but um to some degree so the the littles it's like what how do they communicate do they communicate with their dolls do they communicate Mm -hmm. with their toys and really playing at their their level to say this you know this is what sad looks like or this Mm -hmm. is what happy looks like or this is what nervous Mm -hmm. really is what we're talking about because it's a transition to school absolutely so, so we, we, we practice where the kids are, you know, we we're aware of our own emotion to be able to calm them. We, we send them on their way. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our day, whatever it is. And then the kids come home to us. So <laughs> what, when kids get off the bus, kids are transitioning to school. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the age or stage. There are certain things kids need for a successful transition. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's the beginning of school year or any. So talk to talk to us about what would make for successful transitions. So I think really just knowing your child's, what their needs are, how they communicate to you their emotions, um, and just really trying to put in a structured routine for them. Uh, so my daughter, she just started kindergarten. She's five, about to be six. And she really likes to know what the plan is for the day. Mm. And that's just kind of her preparing herself. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of kids are like that. They like to know what the plan is for the day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, she'll say, okay, what day is it? And, oh, it's Monday. So I know I have school. And then when I come home, I'll have some quiet time. You know, we started implementing some quiet time after school because she just is very tired when she gets out of school. She's overstimulated. So we do some quiet time when Mm. she gets back to help her just process through what she's had. Um, and so then we'll say, okay, now it's, it's dinner time. Now it's, it's, you know, family time. And we just have, she knows kind of a structured routine and kids really 
really thrive on structure and routine Mm -hmm. because they're able to anticipate what's coming next. Mm -hmm. A lot of times with kids, they don't know what's coming next. We as adults sometimes don't know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. And so kids really like to feel prepared and to know what's next up on the agenda, what's next in the routine, Mm -hmm. which is why we say routine is so important because it just helps them transition too. It helps them prepare for what may be unknown. I mean, you hit hit on such a good point here. Um, When there's structure... It produces uh, predictability, mm-hmm. and we know science tells us that predictability produces safety. Mm-hmm. So for someone, for a child, or for even us, for, for us to feel safe, we have to know how to anticipate what's coming. Mm-hmm. And so for us to respond in the best way, it's like that predictability mm-hmm. creates that safety. And Absolutely. so the routine is important. What else would you, what else would you recommend? <laughs> I would say as much as you can connect with your child. So, you know, really trying to understand what makes them tick. What's their love language? You know, how do they communicate to you when they're happy? And just learning those different things and then connecting with them on that level. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, being interested in what they're interested in. Getting down on the floor and playing with them and connecting them in that way. That's so important to just build that relationship you know, that attachment to that bond is so important. And so just taking the time to connect with them can Mm -hmm. help them. And then it creates a space where they feel open and safe and able to talk to you about what they're going through. And then you can help them work through that as well. So connection is key. Absolutely. Absolutely is key. That's great. Um, Physically, Mm -hmm. kids go to school and they're in school all day Mm -hmm. and they're exposed to bright lights and lots of people and a quick pace and very structured and then they come home and like you said sometimes they're overstimulated physically what is something that parents can do to aid in the transition to make it more successful so physically i think just allowing your child the outlet to be able to to do activities or to run to get out some of that energy Um, You know, if your child just has a ton of energy, exercise can be important to just get some of that out, you know, going on walks or um, activities after school activities can be helpful Um, and just different things physically. Sometimes they just they want those hugs or that that close connection Mm -hmm. to that goes back to, again, just kind of knowing what your child, how they communicate to you, what their needs are. And what do you know, I have a, a teenager, a teenage son who comes home and one of the first things he says every day is I'm starving, right? <laughs> so we're not going to get how the day was. We're not right. going to get no. it's time for homework. We're not going to get. They need that nourishment. There you go. They need that yeah. nourishment. Oh yeah. After school, they are so hungry. So making sure you are giving them again, healthy foods, healthy um, food choices. So making sure they're eating well, um, they're drinking too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, fluids are super important as well. And then that rest too, you know, making sure they're going to bed at a reasonable hour and that they're not overtired the next day. Mm-hmm. Those are all really um, important things that you can do that are, are fairly easy to kind of put into your day. So, so just to kind of summarize this, I'm hearing, I just heard you say it rest. Mm-hmm. So that prepares them for a good day supporting their bodies with nutrition, connecting with them, Mm -hmm. giving them that time to transition and to, to, um, you know, allow them the outlet, Mm -hmm. um, as well as addressing the, the emotion behind the behavior. And these are all things when put together, you know, as if parenting already isn't tiring. (laughs) Now you've just laid on us all of these things, right? 
but we also know we're going to put the time into parenting, yeah. right? We're going to, we're either going to put the time in the back end when they're acting in a way that's mm-hmm. not conducive to our home. Yeah. Or we're going to put the time in to prevent that. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like that old adage, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth it. You know, it's so, you know, you want to put the time into preventing, mm-hmm. give them the rest, give them the nutrition, connecting with them and those things. So great, great tips. Um, resources. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share if there are parents listening saying, I got to read more about this. I, you know, this might be new to some parents. Yeah. Um, what's, yeah. what's some resources that they can, they can look for? There's a lot of wonderful, helpful resources out there for parents. Um, you know, there's, uh, the whole brain child, which mm, yes. helps you, um, helps you when your child is having an emotional moment to connect back to their logical side. We, as even adults, um, our brains kind of, we get more emotional and then we logical, but mm-hmm. this as a child helps you connect those things back together. Like we said, getting them to a calm state and then bringing them and talking to them logically. So the whole brain child is a really good resource in that the connected parent, the connected child. Again, we talked about connection mm-hmm. and how important those things are. Um, the five love languages of children, understanding how your child communicates to you, how they show you love, and how also how they want to receive love as well, because yes, yes. those things could be different. And then there's another great one called No More Perfect Kids. Mm. So sometimes, you know, we, we have these expectations for our kids. You know, again, we said, mm-hmm. we didn't raise you that way. Right. So giving them grace, giving them leeway, and again, trying to understand the why behind it, what are their needs. And so No More Perfect Kids is a really good one to kind of help you understand the grace behind it and the and the reasonings behind the why we're going to perfect do this. You know, and so we'll put those resources that Brittany just listed, we'll, we'll list those down in the um, notes section so that you can get um, more familiar with those. We, uh, again, thank you for coming today. I, th- I think what's important for the viewers to know is we have really just touched just, just the very tip mm-hmm. of what kids go through. Um, these are some really practical steps that parents can take to, uh, have more chance at success during this transition. But let's face it, there's a lot happening in the world. There's yes. blended families, there's things that have happened to kids outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes uh, we need more. Absolutely. And so if that's you, if you're saying, I, you know, I can try all these things, but A, I don't have the energy, mm-hmm. or B, I'm trying them and, and the behavior's it's still out of control. Working, yeah. You know, it's time to reach out. And that's really why we're here. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage you, if you have questions, call or text the care line, um, email us, let us know what we can do to help you parenting. And, you know, there's a reason why there's a saying that says it takes a village. There are a lot of people that have lots of different Mm -hmm. um, information. And so it can get confusing and overwhelming. So if you feel like, hey, this isn't going to do it for me, I need more, please reach out to us. It's why we're here. We look forward to seeing you again. Again, Brittany, thank you for joining us. I appreciate having you. It's been a pleasure and we will see you all soon. You've been listening to the Care to Change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. Don't forget to view the show notes for resources mentioned in the conversation. Please reach out to us through the care line at 317-979-7133 or at help at caretochange.org. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube as well. Thanks for listening, and we hope to continue to foster practical solutions for positive change.